Kevin Roberts, worldwide CEO of Saatchi and Saatchi, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School. Cambridge Leadership Series podcast today. You've just had a fabulous time with these MBA students for for two hours, making them laugh. It was a romp around the block. But you began by telling them you didn't like those three letters MBA. Why? Uh, They stand for Master of Business Administration. And I think the whole notion of being a master at anything in today's age um, as what's got us into this problem. We can blame the masters of universe, the masters of war, the masters of public policy and strategy for the mess that we're in. I think um, I'm, a, I'm a bigger believer that we've come to the judge to learn, to experiment, to fail, to find new things. So I think the idea of hoping for mastery actually is the wrong thing. You know, it's just the wrong thing. Uh, administration, the world doesn't need administrators. We don't need consultants. We don't need strategists. Um, I'm I'm really not sure we need lawyers and I I wonder whether we need accountants rather than good financial people. You don't like HR departments either. Uh, Actually, I I think we have human interests at our company, not human resources. My sister's in uh, the people business. My son is too, but he's a talent director. And I think if you think of humans as resources, I think revolution begins with language and we should be very careful. Most business language is militaristic and the military metaphor is one that fails. So you mean loyalty? Oh, team? I, I think loyalty and team. I think team is actually not quite as good as family. I'd rather see more companies run as families because family is the highest performance group of people I know. You know, you cannot let your family down. You can't let your kids down. You don't want them to let you down. So if you can behave like, if you can feel like a family and play like a team... I think that's probably the best structure you could think of. Well, I wasn't going to ask this question next, but, but of course, families have love. And, and it, you know, your book about not, there not being brands, but love marks being the way to business success in the future. Just tell us a little bit about that. I, I think we're in a world now of obviously uncertainty and security, fear of the unknown, and we've got a lack of trust for for almost every institution, whether that's governmental, whether it's corporate, whether it's religious, institutions have let us down. So we're looking in inwards, we're looking at our emotions. We don't believe all this rational stuff that people have been selling us because it's been proved to be a lot of hocus. So I think that the relationships we're looking for in our life, at work, and with brands is changing dramatically. We are motivated more and more emotionally and not rationally. We don't have much money now. I mean, at the heart of this financial crisis is people don't have any money. Governments don't have money. Chrysler don't have money. General Motors don't have money. The banks don't have money. You and I don't have money. And you talked about going into a world of catastrophe as well. Yeah, I don't think we're in a recession or a depression. This is nonsense. This is catastrophe. You know, this is a restaging and a reframing of the world, hoping that we're going to come out of this in six months is just foolish. Believing it's going to be one year, we're never going to come out of this. We're now going to have to learn to adjust to a world that that my parents certainly knew in the 50s, which was called living within your means, which was, as Charles Dickens talked about, you know, happiness is, you know, earning 100 pence and spending 95, not the other way around. You showed a wonderful video of the All Blacks, and actually people picked it up in the questions at the end of your lecture, about winning ugly. I mean, is that good advice to give young MBA students? 
Uh, I think we're in a new world order. I, I think uh, it's um, deliberately provocative vocabulary um, because I do believe, as I said, that revolution starts with language. And I think if you pussyfoot around the language, then you'll pussy, pussyfoot around the execution and the outcome. In this new era we're going to live in, there's going to be winners and lots and lots of losers. So the alternative to winning is losing. I don't know about you, but I don't think that society was built by losers. Was it Oscar Wilde or George Bernard Shaw who said that it was the unreasonable man that drives progress? And unreasonable men win. The use Are you an unreasonable man? If you look at your CV, Procter & Gamble, uh, Pepsi, Saatchi & Saatchi, you, you, you work in New York, uh, you have a wife in New Zealand, um, you're on the board of directors of Telecom in New Zealand. I mean, are you unreasonable? And I was expelled from school at 17, right, which is where it all started. So I, I, don't, I don't think I had a, a start that was full of reason. I would much prefer to have carried on with my education, gone to university and so on. Instead, I was cast onto the streets of Lancaster from a very poor background at the age of 17 and moved forward with passion, vigor, energy and emotion rather than, than reason. But, but there is a serious side to that, isn't it? Other people might have called you quirky. Your CV probably wouldn't have got through an HR department. If you'd done a management skills test, I do them. You know, if your creativity is off the ricketer scale, no one will employ you. So, so actually, everything you're saying is a bit counterintuitive to these people going through the traditional academic hoops of doing an MBA. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, I joined Saatchi and Saatchi as the CEO, and I guess that's... Um one advantage, right? If you're going to go into a new industry and a new business, it's better to go in at the top because I think it's somewhat easier. I think it's and and. I really think that having in our world today a competitive IQ and a solid education and a great foundation of the rational is vital. It's a table stake. Now, what makes the difference is going to be your EQ, how emotionally inspiring you are. Can you unleash and inspire those around you to pursue the dream of the company? So it's the combination of IQ and EQ that in this collaborative, connected world is going to, I think, the new champions, well, you heard me say, Rolf Jensen says the heroes of the 21st century will be the storytellers, those people that can inspire others. You've just seen the greatest example of all, Barack Obama won an election through inspiring everyone he touched with stories and dreams, as did J.F. Kennedy. And it's almost biblical the way he does it. Getting back to your lecture now, you said fail fast, learn fast, fix fast. You talked about your, your grandchild who's one, falls over, gets up again and goes on. There's nothing wrong with failure. Uh, we reward failure um, at Saatchi and Saatchi because we think it is the fastest track to learning. Uh, now, the important thing actually is not to fail. The important thing comes in the learn fast and fix fast. Most companies are, are scared of failure, so they don't experiment, they don't try, they overanalyze, they're very predictable and very slow. world that we live in now, you have to be agile, you have to be fast, because as you mentioned before, it's very uncertain. There is no playbook for what's going on out there. I have no idea what's going to come down in 30 days. No idea. What I do know is that we have to act to find out an execution resolution Toyota do this beautifully plan they plan they do they act they fix and they carry on Kaizen continuous improvement 
is really going to come home in these times. But, but if we're talking about how to use your creativity, that can be difficult in, in how a company is structured. Indeed, you told lots of, of jokes about these people and mm. you, know, you set them a little test saying what do they want to be and they want to be the leader of the, the, the French division or the Italian division because they're apparently leader of the Scottish division or something like that. But you talked about harmony and passion. Why? I think that um, the things that um, drive peak performance are how often you can get into peak flow. Most organizations, most governments, most teams are not in peak flow because they're spending 60% of their time attending meetings they shouldn't attend, writing reports they don't need to write that nobody reads, using information and data that actually is not insightful at all. So if you can get into peak flow, then you're going to win more often. Peak flow comes from passion and harmony, feeling emotionally passionate about the task, the purpose, the dream, bigger than selling a product, but the dream, the purpose, linked to complete harmony with everyone sharing that purpose together, upwards, downwards, intuitively, imaginatively. When you get passion and harmony, you see great sport, um, you see great performance, you see great politics. But, but you said to people of these MBA students, demand responsibility, learning, uh, recognition, and indeed joy. I'm a big fan of Oprah Winfrey, which you probably not many people admit to, and she believes in living your best life every day. This whole concept of work-life balance is nonsense. It's work-life integration we should strive for. We should be happy. Happier people are productive people. Happier people make the world a better place. Happier people make a contribution. If you don't find joy at work, where you're going to spend, I don't know, half your time, you're not going to be joyful at home. So I really believe that joy is a massive deciding factor in what these people do. I, I think I got the best job in the world, you know, permission to misbehave every day as the, as the creative leader of, you know, world's great ideas company at Saatchi and Saatchi. Probably the most famous name in advertising, thanks mainly to my predecessors, Maurice and Charles, and I'm the beneficiary of that. I love it. You leapt right to the top and you're inviting these MBA students to become an inspirational player. Actually, doesn't it take some maturity to understand oneself, to get into a position of harmony and passion. I know that somebody once said to me as a creative person, you should write on your performance appraisal. It's taken me a long time to come to terms with my creativity and how to use it. In a nutshell, how are these people going to become inspirational players? Yeah. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And whoever wrote that on your performance appraisal was a very perceptive leader because this is tough. So what we've said to these guys is the first thing you've done now is make a really brave choice which is to leave your prior life behind because they were all successful in their prior lives and to make this commitment financially personally it's a very courageous call to come here for a year take a year out of your life in your early 30s so that's the first thing they're ripe so we've said to them listen three things you got to do now write out what is your dream what is the biggest inspirational dream you can put together for you that will make you happy Figure out when you are at your best and figure out what you will never, ever do. If you really put work against those three things, that will open you up to a creative transformation and to being the best you can be. So, at Kevin Roberts, there was a laconic or, or serious side to you when you just said, as an aside in this two-hour lecture, I don't work for anything that doesn't embrace sustainability. 
you've said the world is in catastrophe. It is indeed. You straddle the world with your various hats and roles in business. What do you think the individual can contribute to society and sustainability at the moment? I, I, I think that goes to the heart of my beliefs, which is my belief is the role of business is to make the world a better place for everyone. And I believe that gets actioned and executed by these young kids I was talking to today. I don't hold government responsible for sustainability, nor do I hold corporates responsibility. I think every one of us can make the difference. We decide what to consume. We decide how to go to work, whether we ride a bike, whether we ride a Prius, or whether we ride an SUV. We decide whether we eat healthily or wastefully. We decide on recycling. We decide. I think it's about inspiring all these people to take personal responsibility for something that is environmentally, socially or culturally sustainable. That's the way forward. Okay, finally, if you had another life, if you could come back as a different person, not in business, but with all these beliefs, all this passion, all this creativity, who would you have come back as? Perhaps Barack Obama? Uh, I, 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 I believe that you know, I'm an ideas person and that we live in the age of the idea and politics is a huge idea. You know, we, we can't live without them. I also believe academia is a huge idea. I have a strong belief that academic, academia and business should link together, which is why I'm at the judge. So I think um, a political leadership career would be very exciting. I believe running a school like the judge would be very exciting. Kevin Roberts, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Cambridge Leadership podcast series today. Thank you very much.